You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. When the prodigal returned, the father forgave and restored this kid back into the family. Here's the Bible word for it. Everybody say it. Justified. Say it again. Justified, which means just as if I'd never sinned. Say it out loud. Just as if I'd never sinned. And that's exactly what the father did for this son. He restored him just as if he'd never sinned. The parable of the prodigal son is perhaps one of the most powerful illustrations of God's love and grace for his own. While many of us would struggle to forgive those who've wronged us to such a degree, God is both willing and quick to forgive. In today's message, Pastor Dion reflects on this supernatural forgiveness that God displays towards those who repent. In his study, you'll be reminded that not only are we forgiven in Christ as believers, but we're justified as though we've never sinned in the first place. Now here's Pastor Dion in the book of Luke chapter 15 with today's edition of The Simple Truth. Well listen, in Luke chapter 15, Luke, our author, recorded that during Jesus' life and ministry on earth, Jesus always walked slowly through the crowds. He walked slowly through the crowds, teaching and touching and transforming people. And Jesus always took time for the down-and-outers, the Bud Lighters, the Street Fighters, the Skin Titers, and the Party All-Nighters. You know, He always took time for the people that are in Cher's song, Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves. Oh yeah, Jesus took time for them. Nudge your neighbor and say, thank God. Jesus talked and visited and ate with this group. And this attracted a lot of criticism from these guys. Everybody say it. The who? The haters. Say it again. Haters. (laughs) The religious leaders were hating on Jesus because he was spending time with these down and outers. But go ahead and say it. Haters gonna hate. Say it out loud. Haters gonna hate. Whenever Jesus would enter the home of a sinner, the religious leaders would picket and protest outside. In fact, they were probably the first members of the Westboro Baptist Church. You know what I'm saying? They they would picket and protest. In fact, here is the verse, Luke chapter 15, verse 1, tells tells us about their protest. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to Jesus to hear Him. And the Pharisees and scribes, the religious leaders, complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Everybody again say, Now, in order to explain why he had such an interest in tax collectors and sinners, Jesus told three stories. They're also called parables. Everybody say the word parables. 
So in order to tell people and tell the, the, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, why he had such an interest in tax collectors and sinners, Jesus told three stories, three parables. These three stories reveal God's heart and attitude towards a group of people that some would call unworthy and irredeemable. In fact, the first story was about a shepherd who lost a lamb. He left the 99 to find the one. And when he found it, he threw a party. Everybody say party. The second story was about a housewife who lost a coin from an heirloom wedding veil. She didn't stop searching until she found it, Jesus said. And when she did find it, she went out into the cul-de-sac dancing and inviting the neighbors over to celebrate. Dancing in the street, right? Here in Jerusalem. Everybody sing it. Dancing. You got it, right? She did that. And the third story was about a rude and rebellious son who broke his father's heart by demanding his inheritance and running off. The prodigal squandered all the inheritance, partying like a rock star, is what Jesus said. Party, gambling, prostitutes, addiction. He partied like a rock star until he found himself on the bottom of the barrel, eating from a pig trough. Everybody say, yuck. The religious leaders right here, when, they, when Jesus got to this part of the story, the religious leaders were probably smirking in approval. I mean, serves this kid right. He deserves it. They probably even quoted Proverbs 13 that says this. Stupid ought to hurt. I'm sorry, that's not what Proverbs 13 says. Here's what it says. Poverty and shame will come upon rebels. Evil will pursue sinners. The belly of the wicked shall want. I.e., stupid ought to hurt, right? So the Pharisees were probably smirking at this kid and, his, and, and, and what has happened to him. Thinking, he deserves it. But then Jesus continued the story and said that the prodigal came to his senses. He repented and returned. Say it out loud. He what? He repented and returned. He confessed that he was not worthy to even be, to be called a son. He would serve as a slave. That he came to his senses, he repented and returned. He was going to tell his father, listen, I, I, I don't want to be a son. I will work for room and board just like every other slave on the property. Here's what he said, chapter 15. Let's read it, verse 17. But when... He came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. 
and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to the father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. Well, cheer in the fact that he's come back. Go ahead, cheer. He came back. I don't want to be a son. I can't be a son anymore. I will be not, I'll be a hired servant. Now, the religious leaders that were listening to the story probably shouted, Hand him a shovel! Make him clean the stalls! Make him buck bales! Or make him dag sheep! If you don't know what that is, that's removing the soiled wool off the backside of the lamb. Everybody said what? The religious leaders were screaming, work it off, kid. Everybody said out loud, what? Work it off. Right? So as this kid comes, and Jesus is telling the story that this kid comes, and he's repented, and said, I don't want to just be a servant. The religious leaders are saying, yeah, work it off. But Jesus' story had an unexpected twist. The father runs out with hugs and kisses. We learn that the father had been setting out the prodigal's plate and leaving the porch light on since the night he left. The father had been fattening up the calf for this big day, hoping and praying that he would return. And when he did, when the prodigal returned, the father forgave and restored this kid back into the family. Here's the Bible word for it. Everybody say it. Justified. Say it again. Justified, which means just as if I'd never sinned. Say it out loud. Just as if I'd never sinned. And that's exactly what the father did for this son. He restored him just as if he'd never sinned. Let's read the passage. I'll just be a slave. I just, you know, get me a room above the garage or whatever in the garage or in the basement. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it. And let us eat and be merry, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Yeah, like it. But the religious leaders listening to the story... Listen, guys, that's the heart of our wonderful Father. He's not holding our sins against us. He's not stewing and scheming revenge. No. 
He's plotting and planning forgiveness, reconciliation and restoration. I'm going to say it again. He is not stewing and scheming revenge. He is plotting and planning forgiveness, reconciliation and restoration. That's what he's doing. In fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19, read it with me. For God was in Christ restoring the world to Himself, no longer holding men's sins against them, but everybody blotting them out. Isn't that awesome? And I love the way the Apostle Paul explained it to his congregation in Romans chapter 3. He said, since we've compiled this long and sorry record as sinners, your rap sheet, and since we have proved that we are utterly incapable of living glorious lives that God wills for us, God did it for us. Out of sheer generosity, He put us in right standing with Himself. A pure gift. He got us out of the mess we're in and restored us to where we all, He always wanted us to be. And He did it by means of Jesus Christ. I like it. <laughs> the forgiveness and reconciliation that was bestowed on the prodigal was unbelievable. And it made the religious leaders livid. They were hissing like a $5 pressure cooker. Go ahead. Huh? Grace makes some people mad. And I'm not talking about the brown-eyed girl from Chamita. Not that grace. I'm talking about, everybody say it, grace which is God's unmerited favor. Say it again. Grace which is God's unmerited favor. You haven't worked for it. You don't deserve it. You haven't earned it. But you got God's favor anyway. That grace... That grace, that grace makes people mad. The religious leaders were in protest over this. You know, this prodigal sleazeball, he disrespected his father, betrayed his family, squandered the inheritance on lustful indulgences. Everybody do it again. Shh. He doesn't deserve forgiveness. It's not fair. Say it out loud. It's not fair. Hmm. That's exactly what the older brother said in the continuation of Jesus' story. You see, Jesus wasn't only interested in reaching and impacting the prodigals on the left, but he also wanted to reach the legalists on the right. You see, we all need illumination. We all need instruction, direction, and correction. And so Jesus says the other part of the story. Now his older son was in the field, Jesus said. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come. And because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. Read this part out loud with me. But the, 
But the son was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you kill the fatted calf for him? And he said to his son, Son, you're always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Have you ever been a little bothered by 11th hour conversions? You know, some addict or alcoholic parties themselves right into, a, right into kidney failure or liver disease or HIV, and then they give their life to Jesus. Everybody say, oh, see. <laughs> Do you ever feel a little irritated when you hear of some swindler or serial killer or pedophile that comes to Jesus while in prison? Like the thief on the cross, a career criminal gets promised heaven on the day of his execution. Or Jeffrey Dahmer, who raped, murdered, dismembered, and ate 17 guys. And then after being tried, convicted, and sentenced, became born again in prison. Forgiven. Just like that. And adopted. Does that squeeze you a little bit? Do you shake your finger and say, oh no, that's all kinds of wrong. Look at your neighbor and shake your finger and say, oh no, that's all kinds of wrong. Well, the older brother shook his finger and he screamed his lungs out. We heard him. When you're angry, you say what you feel going to let that soak a little bit. When you're angry, you say what you feel. It may not be true, but it reveals what you're full of. Remember what Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, verse 45, the verse on the bottom. Read it with me. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Just look at your neighbor and say, ouch. So before you start thinking that the older brother was the good son, you know, the all-decent and law-abiding son, consider the anger and the animosity that dripped from his tongue. I mean, we were focused on the prodigal, hissing like, you know, pressure cookers, thinking that the, there's this other son that stayed. Well, he was the good one, the loyal one. The law-abiding son. But all of a sudden, what was inside was revealed. You see, the prodigal sins were shallow and obvious. Party, prostitutes, unbecoming attitude. They were, they were all seen right away. But the older son's sins were deep 
and secret. Pride, prejudice, and an unforgiving attitude. The dude was the first Sour Patch Kid. Everybody say, Sour Attitude! And he wasn't sour just towards his brother, but towards his father also. Did you, did you feel it? Did you read it? Did you understand it? He verbally attacked his father. You are insensitive and unjust. You punish the faithful and you reward betrayal. He opposed his father. He said, I disagree. I disapprove. I defy your party. I'm boycotting this son of yours. Even refused to call him his brother. Who are you boycotting? And why? I'll ask it again. Who are you boycotting? And why? Whose sins are you holding on to? Don't let pride, prejudice, and unforgiveness rob you of your peace, of your praise. Don't let jealousy and resentment and bitterness make you sour. Instead, let's do this. Everybody say it. Come celebrate God's grace. Say it again. Celebrate God's grace. God was singing right here. Jesus was singing. Put on your bobby socks, baby. Roll up your old blue jeans. There's a party going on at the farmery. Showing your brother what forgiveness really means. But the story ends here. Without a resolution. Did the older brother go into the party? Did he stay outside stewing in bitterness? Jesus left that ending up to you. How will you end the story? Will you get off the high horse and forgive? Ephesians chapter 2. 4, verse 31, last verse of the morning. Let's read it. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Put the brakes right there. Let's go back and read that again. Out loud together, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. As we cling to the simple We're so glad that you joined us today for The Simple Truth. Pastor Dion Cordova has been sharing from the book of Luke, one of the narratives of Jesus' life on earth. Luke's perspective emphasizes the human interactions that Jesus had, his time spent caring deeply for people, no matter who they were or what their story was. 
Jesus cares for you in the same way. He knows what your background is, but that hasn't changed his opinion of you. He just wants to get to know you and show you what unconditional love is. His grace is big enough to cover all of your sins, and he's offering you a new life today. We'd love to tell you more, so please give us a call. We'll share how Jesus can impact your life forever and what steps you can take to begin a relationship with him. Our phone number is 505-753-4363. That's 505-753-4363. We'd like to encourage you to get involved with a local church as well. This will be a place that you can ask questions, learn more about Jesus, and find support as you grow in your faith. Are you in the Española area? If so, we'd love for you to come visit us at Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. We meet on Sundays and Wednesdays for a time of worship, Bible study, and fellowship. Find out more and get directions to the church by visiting tmcalvary.com. That's tmcalvary.com. Our time with you is coming to an end today, but we want to thank you for tuning in, and we hope you'll join us again for more from Luke right here on The Simple Truth. Let us join our hands and together we stand. Together.